on May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. And we're back with an all-new episode of Keep It. But it's a Thanksgiving edition, guys. So we're going to somehow be less thankful than usual. Yeah, we're not talking about the news this week. We are going to answer questions from the audience. Oh, I actually am thankful for that. Never mind. Yeah, from our listeners at home. Or wherever they listen to Keep It. I don't know. The subway. I don't presume where anybody listens to us. (laughs) I don't presume anyone listens to us at all. No, that I presume. Okay. Due to my narcissism disorder. You guys sent us questions. God love you. And and now we're going to yeah. answer them. Because this is an appropriate place to answer them. And not when you ask me about how Lewis finds his carpenter shirts in my Instagram comments. <laughs> Those I delete. Keep it up. <laughs> anyway, uh, our first question is from Carly. Hey, girl. Who are each of your favorite guests you've had on, and who are your future dream guests? Oh, good question. My favorite guest has been Samantha Irby. She was fabulous. Because I love her so much, and she's so funny, and she is a perfect human being, and everyone needs to know it. She is smart. She is an author. She called Adonis her grandchild. <laughs> That's right. There's actually lots of like sleeper answers for this. I mean, I thought Marty Noxon was amazing. Guy Branham was fabulous. Like, I wish we didn't. We interviewed Michael Arsenault on the phone. I wish you were here. That would have mm-hmm. been great. And also another sleeper choice: Vina Sood, who the woman who directed uh, Seven Seconds. Mm-hmm. I thought she was awesome too. Yeah, I loved Shangela. Uh, I, I wish early keep it. Yeah, early vintage keep it. Uh, I wish that we had had her post. A Star is Born, but she is booked and busy these days. Who else did I love? I don't know. God, most of our guests are pretty good. You can hear that we love our guests, generally speaking, yeah. I think. You know, we're like, oh, thank God, you're funny. Yeah. I think we've actually liked all of our guests, too. So if, if we didn't, I'd tell you, to be honest. <laughs> right, right. I don't care. Who is, who uh, is a future <laughs> dream guest? God, it's weird that we haven't had Nicole Byer. I, I love her so much. Well, she's been on... That other podcast, Hysteria. Oh, I see. Yeah, our rival. Now I'm in a rage. We have too many rivals. <laughs> you call everyone making a podcast. I can't, I personally cannot handle that many rivals. I will take you down, Joe Rogan. <laughs> uh, RuPaul's a good answer. I would love to have RuPaul on the podcast. I mean, yeah. obviously I want to work my way through my white lady list. Oh, right. Yes. I would love Martha Stewart. Ugh. God, I just I mean, want her to come in and tell us everything we're doing wrong. Oh, yeah. Well, surprise, Kara, for our Thanksgiving episode, <laughs> here's Martha Stewart. <laughs> she comes in, rolls her eyes, walks out. <laughs> Actually, we're just going to bake her Kwanzaa cake today. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> uh, who would I love to have on the show? Um, I think we'd all love to have, like, I don't know, Serena. Mm. Don't even. I mean. LeBron. Oh, yeah. Lebr- LeBron's a Laker now. I'm sure he'll. He's in L.A. <laughs> 
We can get him. Could he? Could he get in here? He's got to do something <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> he may be too tall yeah. to fit into our office, especially the, through that door. How high do these mics go? I also want God. Okay. <laughs> Good because answer. I, That's what people want to hear. I love Jesus, and I will not apologize. You certainly need Jesus. I don't know if I don't know if your feelings about him matter. Otherwise, though. <laughs> All right. <laughs> our next question is from Connor. Connor. With one N. Who is currently the most powerful woke teen? Oh, God. I haven't seen the new Sabrina yet. Is it her? Is she still a teen? I'm not sure. I don't know. I see a teen and I run the other way. That's what I'm saying. They're a little They know scary. too much. I mean, in terms of actual power and like getting shit done, I would have to say both fortunately and unfortunately, it's all of the Parkland students mm-hmm. who like came out of that like fucking badasses and mm-hmm. have been uh, shaming adults for being pieces of shit. Uh, left and right and making Laura Ingram look like a moron every day of her shitty life. They're powerful. They're mm-hmm. woke. They're out here. I think that's the qualified answer. Uh-huh. Like Timmy Chalamet, that's not an actual teen anymore. He just plays them. I would also say him. Beautiful boy. Woke? Does I liked he it. do stuff? I don't know about that. Okay. Yeah. So no. <laughs> yes. So he just looks like a teen. He knows Cardi B lyrics. Not what you asked. Anyway. You know, when Olivia Munn was going through her Predator drama before the other actors joined in with her finally. The only other actor who was doing press with her was young, woke teen Jacob Tremblay. He's not even a teenager, I don't know is who he? That is. He's, he's 12. He's the kid from Room who is like a, a little cherub. Okay. He's 12. Oh, he is? Okay. Yeah. So not a teen. Both of you have mentioned people who are not teenagers. Future what? legendary teenager. <laughs> what, what, what is a teenager? Someone between the ages of 13 and 19. I'm going to say, I don't know. Dictionary helps out here. I haven't seen American Graffiti in years. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Thanks for that reference. Candy Clark, Best Supporting Actress nominee. Oh, okay, I'm gonna, this one's from Justin. Okay, you can tell Do me if we're not cool with this guy. I was going to say, we we're don't not have doing to. This, yeah. one. this is weird. Someone asked us to fuck, Mary kill the hosts of Pod Save America, and no. No. Justin, get it together. <laughs> They're tell nice who, people. Tell us who you want to fuck, Justin. <laughs> That's what you really wanted to say. <laughs> On to Corey. What is each of your favorite LaCroix flavors? I'm sticking with Pamplemousse. I just like the color of the can, first of all. And then secondly, uh, I mean, I have to say, all LaCroix does the job of refreshing me, though. So I'm not discriminating. I, the writers are my men, so we sort of cycle through different LaCroix flavors. And I have been really into peach pear recently. That's the only one of the hybrids I'm obsessed with. I like them all. But that's the that one that, like, sets yeah. me off. I think I'm, I'm a peach pear gal for now. You know, I have actually really Here been into the pure. Oh, that's for like aliens who don't understand water. Listen, you know what? That used to be my favorite. I like it pure, like I like my Aryan blood. (laughs) (laughs) Not a speck of anything else. (laughs) Pristine. Uh, (laughs) Kat has a question. Girl, this question is long as fuck. You know what? Good question, though. I'm excited for it. I'm wondering how y'all are able to find the line between liking a problematic artist without condoning or ignoring behavior that is potentially damaging to communities. For example, Cardi B has had countless scandals where she has used transphobic slurs and said transphobic things. Sometimes she will give a half-hearted apology, but I don't know how to feel about them. I feel guilty listening to Cardi because I don't want people to think I condone those statements or think they don't matter. 
Well, I will say enough people have been fuck ups that you would think in a way you become uh, 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 immune to caring what people say, how problematic they are. The opposite's true. I find it easier to just ditch people when they say the wrong fucking thing because it's not hard to know what the right thing is. Everyone's giving you the clues all the time. Stick around on Twitter. One thing I am trying to be better about is, like, I think there are certain people where I'm fine with being like, fuck them, we're done with them. But I'm trying to be a little bit better about, like, someone says something and have they apologized? Because it's crazy how many people do not apologize, which often goes a long way, like an actual good apology where you're acknowledging what happened, because these aren't like capital crimes. Yeah. They're shitty things, but often a apology works. So when someone has actually apologized, because we're getting to the point where there may be absolutely no one left for anyone to, to you know, it's to, just to have Kristen to Bell. It's just going to be Kristen Bell. It's going to be our only <laughs> celebrity. Um, but I do think like, so I'm trying to get a little bit better about like, not I think I've given people periods where I'm like, okay, you said something dumb, you did something dumb, you didn't apologize in a way that felt satisfactory. I'm taking a break from this. And then sort of seeing where we end up. Where are we going? Did they get better? Did they get worse? Did they repeat this mistake? Did they do it again? And then, you know, and then from there saying, how do I feel about this? I agree. You know, because it can be hard, especially what, I mean, not just Cardi, with 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 Nikki, you know, um, she is constantly saying something that is anti-gay on an album. Uh, but uh, sometimes you do end up making excuses for people who aren't white, sadly. You know, <laughs> like if they're an artist who's like a woman of color or, you know, they're uh, gay um, or queer or anything, um, sometimes you end up just internally sort of making excuses for them. And listen, no one's telling you personally that you don't have to listen to something. Right. Uh, if you feel bad for listening to it, then maybe don't listen to it because, you know, <laughs> your inner right. self is telling you don't do that. Um, but, you know, a lot of people talk about separating the artist from the art. Uh, which, which you don't I, have to Which do you don't have to do that. But... Sometimes if you just want to listen to a song in the privacy of your own home, listen to it. I think also, like, there are things certain white friends of mine can say to me that they should not say to another black person that they don't know. And so that's sort of the thing where, like, when I look at Cardi, it's probably language she uses around other queer people who mm-hmm. are her friends and know her and don't take offense to it. And that's their prerogative. However, it's very different when you tweet it to millions and millions of people. And so I think that's the other thing that I try to think of is, like, when they're saying something, like, is that something Nikki would say? to like gay friends of hers who don't have a problem with it which like you could make any judgment on whether or not they should or shouldn't be offended by something but it's very different when you're just putting it out into the world especially when people don't know you like you don't yeah. actually know what her deal is and if she if she had if like she thinks ignorant things or if she says that playfully to a friend of hers I don't know and that's the problem which is probably why you shouldn't be saying it on that platform Words like that need context. Indeed. Con- yes. Context, really, all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I stand context. Matt had a question, and it's who's the greatest survivor player of all time? It's Parvati. I was going to say on. the same thing. Yeah. Uh, I've only catch every like five years I, I turn into survivor, but she is the one who remains in my head, like entertaining and just dastardly. Yeah. I'd, like Survivor has the best of contestants. She's Good great. answer. Mackenzie wants to know. If Kara had to make every person read five books... And she has to do that. Which one would she choose? 
I mean, I five. Well, uh, luckily, <laughs> Kara has twenty books sitting here right now. Right, I'm surrounded by them. She's like Matilda. I don't know. I mean, like, I, I've said The Warmth of Other Suns, which I think is such an important book. I mean, I just, guys, there's so much. Like, you should read everything Toni Morrison has written. You should read everything. The Bluest um, Eye is one of my favorite yeah, books. Yeah, you should read everything that, like, Nikki Giovanni has written. She's a poet. You should read, I mean, my favorite book of all time is 100 Years of Solitude. Mm. You should have everything Gabriel Garcia Marquez has written. Um, I consider this podcast magical realism. It is. I mean, don't we know <laughs> it? I think this is going to be sort of coming off of one of our other questions. There is an author named Sherman Alexie who I love so deeply who was caught up in some crazy sort of Me Too shit earlier this year where it came out that he was being abusive towards women, um, which was very difficult because honestly I think there's no writer who's had more of an impact on my writing. I also think he is still an unbelievable fucking writer. Mm -hmm. um, he may be a monster. The writing is still incredible. Mm -hmm. So that's a hard one too because I do think people should read it, but don't if you think he's gross, which is fine. Yeah. That's a fair opinion to have. But also, yeah, poetry. Read, read plays too. You know, I love if you, reading if you plays. love Gabriel Garcia Marquez and magical realism, like you should be reading August Wilson, Joe Turner's Come and Gone, Seven Guitars. Like these are beautiful stories. Piano um, lesson. That's my yeah. favorite of his. Um, read a lot of shit. I think the other thing. Yeah, I think the thing is to like always be reading because it's sort of this when you have to like be like I'm gonna read a book and then you have to go like pick the book and then you're sitting there at a bookstore you're on Amazon and you're like trying to find the book that did, like I can see why you'd be like oh fuck it whatever and I think there's something to just like I like having actual books and I just like buy books when I see one that I'm interested in and maybe I'm not gonna get to it for a month but I have it and so when I finish other ones now I'm gonna get to that so I think there's something to just accumulating put them in your library queue have them ready to go and I really like that just physical read. book I do uh, too although I do for something that I'm less like, oh, this needs to be on my bookshelf, I'll get it for my iPad so I can read it when I travel. I like, I, lo I still just love holding a book. And I think, like, the when someone sits down and writes a book, they, like, see the book, the physical book. Yeah. And I like something to me about, like, giving the writers that satisfaction of, like, holding their book in their hand. Um, I but did yeah. not give Omarosa the satisfaction. You did, you did not, yes. Do not buy her book. I bought it, but for the Kindle. Oh, God. Well, readers or listeners, don't buy this book. <laughs> at him, thanks. Um, oh, also, that's still a future guest I want. Amorosa? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. I want her on <laughs> the show. Oh, I want the tea. I'm looking skyward, just waiting for someone to say it. <laughs> Moving on. Um, someone named TK asked me my insight on why Bravo segregates the Housewives franchises <laughs> and why there's no diversity. Interesting. <laughs> I've never thought of that. Uh, yeah. Well, what's funny is that all of the shows with white women on it are white, but then the early black shows, they thought that they needed a white One woman. White person, the yeah. Julie Bowen and Jumping the Broom, yeah. yes. <laughs> They had the white woman on Married to Medicine or season. Atlanta. They had Kim Zolciak. Uh, and now they've realized, oh, we don't need a white woman to get in white people to watch. DC, which was always a weird, like, that was is a DC. Blend. The but that, well, season. Well, it was a blip, but then also it's this interesting thing of, like, is DC, like, a quote-unquote black city? And, like, a lot of them didn't actually live. A lot of them lived in, like, Maryland or whatever. Like but on Potomac? Yeah, right. So they had they had DC and then Potomac. But in Potomac, they didn't have any white women on it, did no. they? But they did on... They well, because Potomac has 
dark skin and light skin right, women, they think- <laughs> and that's the drama. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's it's also weird because I've heard the ratings for like Atlanta's a huge show, but the way that people watch them differently is different from how they watch. New York. But isn't you know? Atlanta the highest rated? They get yes. the most viewers. Yes. They'll, they'll watch it in those same date viewers. But the demographics are so different. And that's why, you know, certain advertisers prefer the white shows because they want to get those young white women millennials. Also, TK, you know why they put, you know why they segregate them. Yeah. It's the same reason they had to put that white dude in Black Panther. Mm-hmm. We didn't need him. <laughs> he was not necessary. Yeah, that Martin story. Freeman was too much of that. If nope. I do have to say so myself, I mean, he was like fine. Like he was fine, but yeah. it sh- certainly wasn't necessary to the narrative. Right, of Black yeah. Panther. Keep, keep Bucky's fine ass in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's the white boy we needed. You should have woken him up earlier in that movie. They, they should have. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we have a question. Why, yeah. Andy? <laughs> we, we, <laughs> Actually, I, I, I'd i love Andy to be on the show so I can ask him that question. Good luck getting Andy on the show the way you love <laughs> <laughs> We now have a question from Justin. He says, I would love to know more about the projects you're working on outside of the podcast. Also, this is a pivot. Uh, who would you like to see run oh, for God. president and challenge Trump in 2020? Justin, that's two questions, Head my fake. man. Yeah, wow. Well, I think now is a perfect time to announce that I... I'm going to be running. (laughs) (laughs) How quickly? (laughs) For president in 2020. I'm kidding. Who do I want to see? Run? I'm going to hyperventilate know. answering this question. I know. I, you're, I don't want to you see anybody You are stressing run. me out. You're stressing me out. Can we end the presidency? <laughs> right. Yeah. Can we do the queen thing and then the parliament? I like that. Yeah. But not a queen. It's just Jay-Z and Beyonce who we've now made. They get to live in the White House yeah, forever. Right. And then we have the the parliament people. Yeah. How about that? Uh I would enjoy that. Yeah. Who do do I want to see run for? I don't want to see no damn body run for president. (laughs) I could think of people now, but it's like, I don't know. I thought I wanted Elizabeth Warren to run. Uh, I know, but it's like she's she's also so good at her job. DNA tests like she was on General Hospital. Right. Yeah. When Maury exonerated uh, Elizabeth Warren. (laughs) What a a moment in American history. I mean, I Uh, want Kamala Harris if I uh, have to have someone. Love Kamala. Um, But I mean, I love uh, uh, Kirsten Gillibrand. So Mm -hmm. she'd be great. Yeah. I mean, I certainly don't want any men. How about that? There's my answer. They've had enough. Oh, you don't want the men? Mm-mm. Just one you more. Want, you, don't no. want, you don't want Gavin Newsom looking looking fine in that Oval Office? Nope. Nope. <laughs> All right. His, uh, <laughs> Justin's other question was, what are the projects we're working on outside of the podcast? Um, we all writers. We're all writers. I have I have things I'm working on, but I can't really... I'm going to talk about it. Oh, T. <laughs> well, you've been writing on... I've been writing on a show called In the Dark, which will be on the CW, joining the ranks of Riverdale. Uh, next year, mid-season premiere. So I've been writing a drama. It's yeah. very dramatic. And I've been writing on a teen sci-fi drama called Daybreak, which premieres next fall on Netflix. There you go. I'm currently writing on something. Actually, no, wait, I can't bring that up. I What I wrote on before, I can't bring up. Uh, uh, a pilot for a show where it's like an entertainment news version of The Daily Show, where I'd be a writer and correspondent. Please, God, let that happen. Yes, we really want to get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> Legally, they can't any other way. It has to be this show. It has to be specifically this show. It's in the contract. Uh, 
Ooh, from Amanda. What's everyone's favorite movie musical? I would say Cabaret, followed by... Wow, that uh, was a quick answer. Yeah. I've ranked these before, I think, in my mind. Uh, Victor Victoria's another one, Sound of Music. We had one, Laura. Okay, well... <laughs> she said one, Louis. Did she say 11? Oh, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think mine may still be Chicago. Certainly fun. Yeah. All right. How do you that feel was, about that Queen Latifah nomination? Was she was good. Was she not good? I mean... I feel better about it than J-Huds. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Me too. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, mine is My Fair Lady. I love My Fair Lady. Oh. Yeah. And my grandmother would like play the soundtrack and she'd do an accent similar to Ira. No, she didn't. Wow, your relative started this. I'm shocked. I'm shocked we haven't <laughs> called you we haven't made a My Fair Lady comparison with his British accent yet. Oh, yeah. It's taken this long is incredible. Colonel Pickering should be shutting you the fuck up. Eliza. Um, you know, but aside from Chicago, probably West Side Story as well. Um, I don't love the movie of West Side Story other than Rita and George Shakiris I love in it. Mm, I love the movie. And also, Guys and Dolls. Oh, I love that music. It is a- Adelaide. Yeah. It mm-hmm. is a beautiful movie. Nina wants to know what a good name for our loyal Keep It listener base should be. They need something more distinctive than friend of the pod. Yeah, can we be like a a sassy cousin of the pod? No, you know what I always think every time this question comes up is, I used to be on this other podcast called Pop Rocket, and they call their fans Rocketeers. And I always want to call us our fans Keepateers, but that like is not really a pun. So anyway, we need an answer to this. Our fans (laughs) are the Keepers. Oh, like that Netflix those drama n- about nuns? nuns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those nuns knew some shit. I don't have a good. I don't have a good one. I don't know. If you guys have ideas, yeah. let us know. Can we just be Rihanna Navy? I'll, yeah, right. <laughs> we just fold into each other. Yeah. I will say whatever is pitched, nothing too cute. Yeah, you know? right, right, right. Something too fucking cutesy. Something like Navy, where you're like, they will come and destroy you. That's and there's my, a uniform. Yeah, that's my favorite thing about the Rihanna Navy, because they're like, they're coming. And it's also a reference to the movie Battleship, which is LOL. Right. <laughs> uh, we got a couple of uh, questions from social media. Okay, uh, what's that? At Less Scrutable asked, favorite thing you're watching on TV right now? I feel like this is cheap because we just had her on, but I think The Good Place is amazing. I only started really watching it recently. It is Adelaide. It's so great. I also watched all of, and this will be kind of controversial, I watched all of Forever, which is the Amazon show with Fred Armisen and Maya Rudolph, and it's not like laugh out loud hilarious, so you should go in with that in mind, which to me is also Fred Armisen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like they were they're trying to do something cool, and I appreciate it. And I also like shows when it's a Hulu or a Netflix or an Amazon where you know that because it's not a network show and you don't have commercials and things like that, it's like fully the vision that the creators had. And that's exactly what they wanted to see. And it may not be exactly right, but I think there's something cool about, like, this is exactly what, like, Alan Yang wanted to make. And Mm -hmm. and he made it. So Mm -hmm. I like that. I have been obsessed and need the second season immediately of Elite on Netflix. Oh, I've got to watch that. They look hot. You love sexy teens. I know, I These know. These are horny teens and murder. Okay, first of all, I didn't say I liked horny teens. <laughs> <laughs> I said I liked attractive. They I are like... all hot. Uh, there is, it's basically how to get away with murder too. It is so good. Are they like Riverdale hot? 
Because yeah. that's my standard. The show is filmed, the show is filmed in, it is. filmed in Spain, so they are Spanish hot. Okay. Good move. I like I like hot teens doing fun things. I don't. I want to make that clear. I'm not trying to insert myself into anything. I just like seeing teens who have figured it out aesthetically, even though I know they're not actually teens, doing fun shit and being dramatic. That's what I enjoy. I continue to be astounded at the color of Archie's hair. He looks like hot bozo. <laughs> <laughs> he looks so much better, too, like, with his natural hair I color. I know. He's actor. like a gorgeous person. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Him being in prison this season He's on Riverdale oh my God. The preview great. skills, I, I can't even look. Yes. He was framed for murder. You're still watching Riverdale? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was framed for murder by Veronica's dad. Oh, Jesus. Lewis, what are you watching? <laughs> um, I'm watching this unlimited series called Jeopardy. Uh, and I'm waiting for... <laughs> And I'm waiting for Veep to come back, which is my favorite show. This is the last season of Veep, right? I know. Yeah. God. I it's mean, over. Let's Julie, have Julie on the she show. Is, she is Where's truly she the best living comedic actress. Yeah, the, I know. The ba- just the baddest fucking bitch. And you know what I remember yeah. a few years ago when she was nominated against like Issa and Tracy? I had this moment of like, I obviously, because she also has a thousand Emmys. Right. Um, and I wanted Issa and Tracy, one of them to win. However, this is a really good example of like, Julie Louis-Dreyfus is so good that it's not so much about like, other people not getting their due but like she really is like excellent as opposed to when like an average like white person wins and Mm. you're like oh you're just not acknowledging the best person like every time she wins I'm like that's fine no one complains no one complains yeah Yeah. Yeah, it's like okay yeah you're exceptional yeah it's fine like you did the damn thing you're not just like all right. You're not like in Modern Family season seven, Julie still Bowen. collecting Emmys. Mm-hmm. Another slam on Julie Bowen this episode. Julie I like Bowen. Julie Bowen. I like yeah. Julie Bowen. Yeah. I wasn't like she? Ju- wasn't she rumored to be dating Tucker Carlson? We never confirmed that, thank God. But I don't know. What? Uh, allegedly. Tucker Carlson? I, yes. I can't Julie even go Bowen? there. I truly love her so much. I can't even go no, there. No, with yeah. her fit little arms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, so, Tucker Carlson. Uh, we, like months ago, some comedian tweeted it. Oh Christ. Don't, don't do know. that, Julie. But allegedly. Okay. She's like a superpowered Elizabeth Banks. Not that Elizabeth Banks isn't empowered on her own. Moving on. Our last question. Is this the last one? I think it's the last one. Okay. It's from Max. Lewis, if you could force Ira and Kara to watch one film and they had to comply, you had to physically restrain <laughs> us, apparently. My dream. Yes. yes. Which film would it be? Uh, yes. Uh, ask the white person on the podcast to terrorize us <laughs> in our own homes. Was, Thanks, Max. Um, I may come off um, uh, a bit smug about movies, etc., but truly, I do not care, generally speaking, what people see or don't see. It's very specific towards... Like, I'm not angry about this kind of thing. However, actually, last week, uh, Kara brought up Paris is Burning, which is a movie that um, I assume everybody I know has seen, but truly, it's not chronically available. So maybe people haven't seen it. Let me just reiterate what it is. It is an 80-minute documentary, everyone has time for it, about uh, uh, drag ball culture in the late 80s in Harlem. So it stars black drag queens, Latinx drag queens, and they are all motherfucking hilarious. Everything RuPaul has given us in terms of vernacular, et cetera, comes from Paris is Burning. Okay, but we've right, seen, but we've seen Paris is Burning. Yes, so I, but you're going to watch it again. And no, we're I've gonna... seen Paris is Burning. We've I, seen I, it. I wrote what a column called Shade for it. What are we going to watch? Oh, okay. Uh, uh, well, you've both seen All About Eve, right? Have you seen They Shoot Horses, Don't They? I didn't say that. Yes, they, shit they, shoot, they, oh, sh- they Shoot Horses? They Shoot Horses, Don't They? <laughs> it's about a dance competition. <laughs> In the depression where people oh. dance marathon to death. It's Jane Fonda's best movie. It might make you a stan. I like Jane Fonda. Yeah. I like, she's, uh, listen, Jane Fonda looks is one of the best aging white women 
to exist on the planet. I I fuck with Jane Fonda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They shoot horses, don't they? Is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's dancing. It's like Jitterbug. That no, kind of dancing? well, it's it kind of seems like it starts out that way, but then it goes on for weeks at a time, so it becomes the most grueling, disgusting movie ever. It is so bleak, it's bleaker oh, than good. you expect. Okay. Yes, <laughs> yeah, but it's great. Well, I don't, Ira has seen everything secretly. We we pretend like I'm like the movie nerd on this podcast. This fucker is always watching shit. Give me a move. Oh God, have you seen? Um, I will go with the Betty Davis movie Dark Victory. I have not. Speaking of, Kara works on a show about a blind person. I this know. is the original blind drama. Oh, I've heard. I've heard. We we talked about this. In yeah, the room. yeah. It was like the first time Betty Davis to me was like the best mm-hmm. in the late '30s. And anyway, dramatic she, blindness is something we did a lot in old movies. Is she better than Audrey Hepburn playing blind? By the way, in that movie, uh, Wait Until Dark, where Audrey Hepburn's like, I didn't realize blind people were searching so often. <laughs> I can't find anything in my home. <laughs> I heard something, yes. Yeah, watch In the Dark for a more accurate portrayal of, of blindness. Or, if you could locate it, the lost ABC drama Blind Justice. Right, I remember That's that vaguely. Mm-hmm. There was remember, a lawyer who was blind. Do you remember in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, where... Christian Bell, by the way, looked unbelievable and so tan. And that was her, like her show within the show. She was an actress. Yes. And she played like a, I feel like a blind cop or did like not far from a blind lawyer. Speaking of Julia Louis-Dreyfus, what we talked about earlier, you remember like the, was it the first season of Arrested Development where she played that lawyer who was pretending to be blind? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. That went somewhere. <laughs> when we're back, keep it. Keep It is brought to you by Barefoot Dreams. Lewis? Yes? When you see footprints in the sand, that was when I carried you in my Barefoot Dreams robe. Now, is that a Leona Lewis song? <laughs> no? Uh, if you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially now as the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dreams celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite luxe home blanket. And while many have attempted to duplicate their blankets, robes, and more, Barefoot Dreams' fabrication and quality cannot be replicated, so don't believe the dupes. Girl, this blanket is it. I effing love this blanket. I'm thinking about it right now, and I want to jump in my bed, which is sponsored by something that we'll do another ad for momentarily. Get ready. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times. Jesus, get a life, Oprah. My God. (laughs) Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. Their products make the perfect gifts, too. Uh, I throw this thing on. I wear it like a shawl. I look exactly like Ellen Burstyn. And <laughs> I am the coziest a human being can be. Because by the way, it's still that time in Los Angeles where it's like pretty mild outside and then your apartment is cold. I can't explain mm. it. I don't know things like basic science. For Keep It listeners, you can get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code KEEPIT15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. Sirius XM Radio is better with Bogle Wines. 70s on 7, 80s on 8, better with Bogle. Alt Nation, Hip Hop Nation, Hair Nation, Better with Bogle, Madison, Howard, Andy Cohen, Better, 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 Y2 Country, Prime Country, Carrie's Country, yep, all better. 
The Beatles channel is better, and getting better all the time. Everything on Sirius is better with Bogle. Award-winning family-owned wines ranked as some of the finest available for around 10 bucks. As long as you're not driving, it's better with Bogle. Bogle Family Vineyards, Clarksburg, California. Please drink responsibly. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR and how I live my life every day. Oh, I'm glad to bear witness to it. <laughs> Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of a struggle. It sounds like you at Coachella. I'm already tuned in. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective, from Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations. There's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Black perspectives have always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Doesn't the black experience sound like a three-disc Prince album we never got? Someone check the vault, please. <laughs> Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back with a special Thanksgiving edition of Keep It. We all know Lewis hates fall in general, so you probably hate Thanksgiving. I'm my my fists are clenched. Uh, uh, no, I generally like Thanksgiving because in the morning I always watch a movie by myself and then go back to family and then go back to friends, etc. So it's like an organized day for me. My keep it is to any turkey that is not deep fried. That is exciting turkey. That's something you like in the in the deep fat fryer situation. That's what I want to eat. How often was your family deep frying a turkey? Not often. Okay, but yeah, right. Because I'm like, bitch, how are you that skinny? Right. Also, deep frying turkey. My family is from my mom's family is from Louisiana. We have been deep frying turkeys for decades, and then somebody told white people about it. Right. And they all started burning their I houses heard. down. Yes. They started burning their houses down with vats of hot oil when we had been doing it for years. And then it became like less of a novelty when I was like, mm. oh, we deep fry a turkey. And it's like, you know, Chad is like, we do. Yeah. Right. We Come don't really man. do it. I mean, my family's originally from Tennessee. Uh, and I've, we, I don't You've think we've deep- ever deep fried a turkey. It's like- It's so delicious. Yeah, it's uh, it was how we always- I've had deep fried turkey, but I, my my family has never because turkey's not that good. That's it's, just it, it's like that, his seventh that, favorite. That meat. is that is the surprise twist about Thanksgiving. Turkey is turkey's not, not that, that good. good. If it was, we'd cook turkey and eat it all year round. Right, and I don't know who who originated the deep frying of turkey, but I will say like it feels Columbus. to me like a, <laughs> a very Louisiana <laughs> thing where they were like, oh, we're gonna actually make this taste good. Right. Um. Yeah. And, meat shouldn't oh, be um it was, flaky. It was, it was Napoleon. Oh, that, that was of part of the Louisiana Purchase. Got no. it. <laughs> oh, you know, you know who did it the first time? Sam Smith. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> uh, no, but it's just, it's an unexcited meat. It like is, is it flaky. It just, meat should be committed to what it I is. I remember, <laughs> I feel like there was a time in like the late 90s, like early 2000s where they were really pushing all of us to just like be eating turkey all the time. This is supposed to be this healthy, oh, healthy alternative. Meat, yeah. It's like, have a turkey burger. 
I remember my <laughs> mom constantly making us eat turkey burgers. And then we were like, you know what? You can just have some beef. I mean, it is a healthier meat. <laughs> it is. But you Poultry. know, chicken is healthy too. Okay. It's if you told me, If yeah. you told me I could only eat chicken for the rest of my life, I would not be unhappy. I'm a fan of chicken. So maybe a Thanksgiving chicken this year, people, instead of a Thanksgiving turkey. Yes. That would be me living my best Sometimes life. Sometimes we would have a Cornish hen. Oh, yeah. Or well, we had a turducken one year. Yeah. That was fun. How was that? I'm on the fence about duck. It's good. It's good. Oh, mm-hmm. no. Duck is great. It's, yes. It was good. Yeah. I love foie gras. And it's not... It's not Controversial. Um, also, also, you are currently listening to this episode while I'm in Europe, <laughs> in Paris, probably eating foie gras. Also, with a turducken, <laughs> they're not that big, so you're not left with like eight pounds of meat oh, that's for a nice. week later that you don't want. Like You yeah. kind of get through most of it. So that's a benefit. I will say that turkey, I never really loved like the turkey like day of or whatever, but the next day when I would make like sandwiches with mm-hmm. it and the gravy, that is bomb. Here's a question. Are you Black Friday people? I, I used to be addicted to it. Now I'm losing it a little bit. Well, I'm black. Oh, and that's it, what I asked. <laughs> and on Friday, yeah. I'm still black. <laughs> Thank you for that poem, Gwendolyn Brooks. What was that? On Friday, still black. On Saturday, I look back. Um, Uh, I do like Black Friday, but I feel like the sales aren't that good anymore. Also, I'm not. I'm certainly not going. I don't go to the store. Yeah. Mm. I also this year I'm going to be away in the beginning part of the year and I'm going to be in Paris and I'm like, I should save all of my money to shop there. So I'm like, I'm not going to waste it on like 15% off at Madewell. Mm-hmm. You know, like I need to... You know what? I'll just stay in Paris and then I'll see you when you get there. Okay. Yeah. Louis will just take over. Yeah, sure. Oh my God. <laughs> the, the I Lewis feel bad for, for this podcast. The Louis Vertel Variety Hour. <laughs> <laughs> I've prepared a song. <laughs> Kara, what is your Thanksgiving keep it? My Thanksgiving theme keep it is to genocide. <laughs> oh, uh, likewise. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you can't think genocide. of Thanksgiving. Genocide. Can't, I'm not hearing it. Can't think of <laughs> can't think of Thanksgiving without thinking of genocide. I can't, at least. So uh, don't love that. Yeah. Keep it to that. Don't Underrated part of keep, Adam's family values were like the, uh, Wednesday Adams as like an Indian squad takes over and like bemoans the genocide that right. occurred. Keep it to, um, you know, white people coming into countries they have no business being in and murdering everyone who's there. Uh, Don't do King Leopold like that. Keep it to the Native Americans who helped the pilgrims, guys. Next time, we're not helping anybody. <laughs> Stop helping them when they come. They're just going to kill you. That's what happened. Your generosity is not going to be met with generosity. Wow, you just read Squanto and Samosa. I did, guys. Wow. Sorry. Pocahontas is shook. No. Keep it to genocide. <laughs> Think of that on Thanksgiving. Be yeah. thankful. <laughs> yeah. What's your keep it, Ira? <laughs> My keep it is to people who put things that are not cheese in mac and cheese. Mm. Oh, sure. Mac and cheese is called macaroni and cheese because it is macaroni and it is cheese. <laughs> you make a roux, you put it in the macaroni, and then you bake it. And that's all you need to fucking do. Don't put tomatoes. Don't put bacon. Mm-mm. If the crust- Tomatoes? If the cr- People, I- mm-hmm. girl, The whites. Um- <laughs> It doesn't even need breadcrumbs. Not really. 
Can I tell you, I take the safest angle on this as a white person. I don't even really like mac and cheese. Maybe I haven't had the good shit. I don't think you have. No. Because mac and cheese is bomb. And you got to see when the butter is still kind of like yes. left over in the bottom when you scoop it out. That's Somebody when you know. put shrimp in some mac and cheese. What? Once. What the when, fuck? When I was at a Thanksgiving and I was like, what? This doesn't need a Wait, tail. In like, in like the in the family, like it's not like you went to a restaurant or lobster mac and cheese. Like it was the communal. It was yes. just the dish, and they put shrimp it in it. It was communal. No, no, yeah, no. It was because I didn't go home and decided to have Thanksgiving with friends in LA a couple years ago. Shrimp, shrimp in, in it. Well, you thought they were your friends. Yeah, don't put anything in the mac and cheese. Yeah, they're trash. Um, you can go crazy with the kinds of cheese. Or yeah, don't put goldfish crackers on it like a friend of mine did. Was that actually a real thing? Yes, it was real. Someone, di- someone you know, did that. Who would want to eat that? Also, I'm, goldfish listen, don't taste like cheese. I'll, I'll, right. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you guys off the show, but it's someone who was on this podcast. Get the fuck out. <laughs> who did that? And by the way, that photo was then later stolen. <laughs> You've by this website, it. Betches. I didn't talk about it on the oh, show. Oh, did you not? Oh, no. Betches, they steal my shit sometimes, too. Yeah. They're like they, stealers. They stole it and then slapped a, this is a paid sponsorship from Hinge on it. Why would that make anyone want to date? Yeah. Seeing weird mac and cheese. I don't, I don't know. Hinge you, is wild. Betches is well, wild. Here's my question. Did you pick off the goldfish? Did you eat this mac and cheese? Yeah. Did you eat the goldfish? No. How was the underneath mac and cheese? It was good. Okay. Mm. So you, again, so you don't need it adds yeah. nothing. Right. You don't need breadcrumbs. Anyway. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hell or yeah. or not, because genocide. Yeah, genocide is bad. Let's hope that everyone showed up on November sixth. Oh yeah, that's because this is going to be real awkward if you guys didn't. So take this. If you didn't. Not not happy about it. If so, you were free to enjoy your pie and your Thanksgiving, but only if you voted. If you didn't, we will talk about this when we return. Also, white people harass your racist relatives. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Don't, don't let them eat food. Treat them like Mitch yep. McConnell at a Shoney. Yes. You're going to, yeah, none of this shit of like, oh, grandma's old. Fuck grandma. She's voting still. She's dragging her ass to the polls. She's not even going to be here in five years. And she's dictating your shit. Tell her to get it together. Particularly if your relatives are like educated. Like, what the fuck? There's no excuse. You can't, you can't like hide under they lied to me. It's like, no, you fucking knew better. Sorry your old grandma didn't like it when that one black girl came into her school at Little Rock. <laughs> They're still pressed. <laughs> They're still pressed. Yes. Yell at your relatives. All right. Well, that's our show. We'll see you next week. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. 
Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley, in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.